I'm Abhijat Saraswath, and this is Fringe Legal, a collection of conversations with innovators on how to put ideas into practice. Each episode is a discussion with a changemaker who shares their ideas, insights, and lessons from their journey. We have two wonderful guests this week, co-founders of New York-based Priority Legal, Basha Rubin, the company's chief executive officer, and Mara Levitt, the chief product officer, met as classmates at Yale Law School and went on to found Priori. Priori works with in-house legal teams to connect legal departments with the right outside counsel for projects globally, saving them time and money. On the episode today, Basha and Mara discuss legal tech trends, their origin story, raising funds as women founders, and the secret sauce for successful legal teams. Let's go. Welcome to Fringe Legal. I am delighted to have two wonderful guests with me. Basha, Mira, welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Start with some congratulations. You both raised a huge round recently. I think in July you closed. How does it feel? It feels amazing, particularly given everything that's happening in the world generally. We feel extraordinarily grateful to have closed the financing and also for the partners that we brought on board who are going to be vital to our go-to-market strategy going forward. We've really, both in this round and previous rounds, focused on investors who have some experience in legal and legal tech. It's given us a lot of momentum, and that's certainly true of this group of investors, too. That's great. And what does that mean for both of you as co-founders? How does this change your life, if it does at all, the impact? I'll jump in on that one. We are laughing because it's a tremendously busy time when you're fundraising and trying to build the business too. And then you finish fundraising and you're like, and now I will have all this time. And you do have more time, but we're, everything is just accelerated and you're really excited by it. It means you can build more and build faster, but we can steal the ramp, which is super exciting. And it means we get to execute on a range of things that we've been really excited about and have been building towards for a very long time. But we're laughing. It has not been the most crumb of summers for us. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Especially, I was curious what it was like. Um, because I don't know when you started raising, but when you closed, it was towards the tail end of you know, economy changing and everything else happening in the market. How does that actually change for you, or if it did at all, for the raising process? We went out in late one, I would say. And so it was after it had come into focus that the sort of the high heights of when late 2020 and 2021 were no longer going to be the case. But what happened in May and June hadn't quite happened yet. So it didn't really change throughout the process other than our gratitude that we went out to fundraise when we did. And when Mira and I made the decision in Q4 that we were going to go out and fundraise, the economy and our thought that the economy might be changing was was a driving factor in the timing for when we went out. We, and we're very grateful that we made that decision because I think it would be a lot harder starting now. Yeah, I'm excited for both of you. I'm curious, so we didn't actually cover what Priory does and what 
the platform is and i don't even know if platform is the right word so let's let's start there i know of course a little bit but i would love to hear in your words your pitch on what do you do and who do you serve we're a legal marketplace for in-house teams to find hire and manage a global vetted network of attorneys at funds of all sizes so we work with everything from the Fortune 10 to fast-growing technology companies to help them accomplish their outside company goals, whether that's cost saving, diversity, looking for local counsel and niche expertise, or flexible staffing support. And we accomplish that in two ways. One is through our global vetted network of attorneys whom we vet using a proprietary data-driven vetting process we've developed. And second, a technology platform that sits on top of the attorney network and aims to drive efficiency at every stage of the process of finding, hiring, and managing those attorneys from initial RFP and bidding all the way through to billing and invoicing. We also recently launched a SaaS layer on top of it called Scout, which is a way for the largest in-house teams to access the marketplace and better and manage their existing most trusted outside counsel relationships. Awesome. So there's a lot there. I'm going to try and unpack a little bit of it. Actually, let's go back right to the beginning of the pivot because you didn't start by serving the segment that you serve today. So if I'm one of your customers, what's the problem that I'm solving by leveraging you guys? And I'm assuming it's, I can get more refined control in the attorneys I can recruit, right? I can be very specific in my needs are exactly X, Y, and Z, and I need someone to be able to do that. Of course, conscious about cost. But at the same time, I'm looking to drive, as everyone is, efficiency, productivity, call it what you want, and to get a better outcome faster. Is that about right? Yeah, I think that's a very thoughtful summary of what it is, because there is some nuance to it. Different different in-house teams are looking to accomplish different goals when they come to us. But really, it's about making legal services more accessible, transparent, and cost-effective, and allowing in-house teams to make those decisions in a data-driven way. Yeah, and I would just say, to your point, I like the way you, you talked about it. Part of what the product, the like technology backend, trying to recognize is that there's not a perfect lawyer or firm across the board. There are priorities that shift on a person-to-person basis, team basis, coming basis, at each time you're looking to, to for outside counsel. And what you ideally want is a way to optimize for those criteria and those shifting criteria for each one of those matters. So that's what the tech platform allows you to do. And that is as much a project of the that benefits the buy side as it is the sell side. For the lawyers who join and are putting on this data about what they do really well, it also means that they're connecting with clients who they can serve really well. And, and it's been really exciting to watch. It solve pain points on both sides of the market, marketplace. And this is a, I guess, a bit of a cheeky quip on my part, but <laughs> ultimately a marketplace is not complicated, right? It's putting buyers and sellers together. Of course, in reality, it's a lot more than that. So I'm curious, and Basha, you mentioned data about eight times already. So I'm curious, <laughs> what do you, what's the data layer? What's the you know, special source that you bring to the table in? And I think Mira, you touched on it in terms of vetting the talent, that's one. Curious, what is the the secret to why someone would just go to you versus me and say, hey, can you introduce me to someone? Because I can be a one-person marketplace. There were car services before (laughs) there was Uber, too, and people could go to a car service and order a car. That's why I said it's cheeky on my part. I know there's a lot more to it. I'm just curious what what that more is. 
But I think that's exactly it. It's why Uber exists too. It's aggregating information and making it easily accessible through a technology layer. And so it's everything from the data and the vetting process, the data we collect on attorneys and law firms in order to make those matches, and then the seamless technology platform that layers on top of it and facilitates each stage of the process. I can I can still call 777-7777 and get a car, but I don't. And I think that when you think about why a marketplace exists, even though we're quite different than Uber in every possible way. I think that's the clearest case for it. And what's the relevance of technology? And I, and I believe, please correct me if I'm wrong, I've heard you both talk about the role of data. I've heard you both talk about leveraging machine learning. I was very happy you said at least machine learning rather than just AI. So there's a level of specificity there. How does that impact the user experience. So I'm coming on as a user, I'm looking for an attorney. How are you leveraging that data to, to provide better results? Yeah, the answer there is that our view is that Priori is a platform that allows in-house teams to say what they need and to see options. We don't have a perspective on who anyone should hire. We're not recommending any particular lawyer or anything like that. What the technology allows us to do is matchmaking, right? So you say what you want. Those are all objective criteria. We have data against those objective criteria. And then you get to see choices. And then I think the once you see choices, the technology allows you to seamlessly assess them. And again, our role is not is not active in that. It is very much to make you have the kind of user experience that you can have in all kinds of technology products and enact the decisions and choices that you want to make. Got it. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so it sounds like part of the benefit is around optionality, providing additional options and being able to, I guess, unbundle what is happening in the marketplace generally, mm -hmm. right? Basha, I see you smile a little bit. I know you've spoken about unbundling before. So uh, uh, talk to me a little bit about how did you think through this, right? As you're thinking about the business case for it, how do you push into to the in-house team in that case? In-house teams are looking to staff an extraordinary number of legal projects on an annual basis. We use this number a lot, but the average Fortune 500 is spending about a dollars here at council, often across a hundred plus firms, if not much, much more than that. Some are in the thousands of firms. And so I think that it, the use case of needing to find firms that can help them in local jurisdictions, that can help them achieve their diversity goals, that can help them find a very specific kind of expertise, or can simply help their department flex up and flex down without adding headcount. And then finally, many in-house teams and perhaps even more as we head into what might be a, a bumpy economic time, as we alluded to earlier, are looking for ways to save money. And so we see a lot of in-house teams that are looking at their work and they're saying, send most of it to big law firms, but let's look at the lower risk, lower complexity work and think about whether there's a more cost-effective place to send it. But the inertia is that they don't know where to go and we're able to solve that problem. It's usually not a very hard sell to in-house teams to understand why it could have value. 
I think the harder sell for us as a company, which isn't really a sell, it's how to integrate into their regular workflow and how to disrupt the send an email to someone behavior and think about Priori as the first port of call when a new project crosses your desk. And from a product point of view, how do you help with that integration? How do you reduce the friction? The first and most important thing is that we do have a user experience philosophy that this should feel like using a high-end consumer product more than a business software. There are many wonderful business softwares, but I think because we have to think about that sort of ease of use and make it really simple. That has been a core principle to all of our design and development, making it easy. And that is both about the look feel, but it's also about number of clicks and making everything very transparent and clear. And, um, um, and I'm curious on that because as you're saying it, of course, it sounds obvious. Of course, you want to make things as easy as possible to use. Yeah. How, how did you decide on that as your baseline, your benchmark to be the high-end consumer product. So it's easy to use versus a B2B application, which not always starts from let's make it seamless and smooth for the user. Certainly we are a B2B application, not a consumer product. Yes. And I think there are parts of our product that feel very B2B. It's more a drawing inspiration from those products. And I think this is also about listening to our team. We Part of our application is is used by NLCMs, others it's lawyers. We get a lot of feedback and we want to be integrating that in. Lawyers as a group are really interested in technology and want to integrate it into their workflow, but it's always the sort of tip of the sphere, exactly. And so we want to meet our users where they are, which is excited to use technology products, but also relatively sometimes can go on that journey. I think it's part of the, the journey with the pivot as well. Yeah. Which is that when we started, we were serving small businesses and to a lesser extent, but still individuals. And so the original version of the product was built with that end user in mind. But then we found that it was actually performing even better with in-house teams at the time, fast-growing startups. And so our original DNA as a company was not selling to Fortune 10 companies, but what we found was that one of the things that made it easier to sell to Fortune 10 companies is that it had so the product in its user experience has so many analogies to consumer marketplaces that every human, dare I say, is now, I mean, quite accustomed to using on a regular basis. Yeah, you've been around for quite a long time, at least in legal tech years. Curious what you've observed as both of you have grown through founding this company and generally what you've observed in the marketplace. What are some of the bigger shifts that come to mind? And it could be as two women founders, right? And both from a fundraising perspective and generally as building a product and building a product for the legal vertical, which I can tell you from experience generally doesn't have the best reputation when it comes to tech adoption. Contrary to what Mira, what you said, which is attorneys like using technology, they do. That's my experience too but it needs to be easy for them to use. So curious about what the shifts you've seen and that you are contributing to as well. I think when we think about the product market fit question, the market generally when we launched, I think wasn't mature enough for a lot of the legal tech products that have now caught on today. When Mira and I first started having conversations about 
priori in the early days with lawyers to potentially be on the platform and with clients, I I, I was regularly laughed out of the room, whether literally or figuratively. And heard things like, oh, nobody will ever do this. This is ridiculous. Nobody will ever find a lawyer that way. And then fast. And at the time, it was true. But then fast forward a few years, and we are regularly onboarding Fortune 500 companies to this way of doing business. And so I think the market has shifted markedly. And I'm very grateful, rising tide lifts all boats, for the money that's flowing to the space and for all the other founders and companies in the space in legal tech generally who've built incredible companies and have changed changed minds and i think that we'll see even more of an explosion of legal tech adoption over this next period but i think that we're the tortoise in the story perhaps but we've seen so much change since we originally launched pre-oriented I was just going to say, I think Tabash's ecosystem point has been just really an honor to be part of it. And I think we've really learned from our peers, both, like you say, in terms of patience and thinking about user adoption and being part of a cohort that's trying to think creatively about some really hard problems. It's a very thoughtful, thoughtful cohort that we've really enjoyed. Excellent. And I guess I have two more questions as we wrap it up. One of them, and I had to ask this a lot of recent guests, which is, in your view, as you work with legal teams, what do you think is, what makes a successful legal team? Very broad question. You can define success as as whatever you want it to be, but get to view lots and lots of legal teams, the best of the best, and other key qualities in them. So number one, I think, is a strong tone from the top about what the key priorities for the department are. Whether that's technology, whether it's diversity, whether it's data, whether it's cost savings, whatever it is, I think department-wide alignment on what the goals are is a is a key differentiator of the most successful legal departments. I also think that an empowered legal operations function that reports directly to the general counsel and has power to create change from the department makes a really significant difference. And then I'd say a culture of experimentation, a culture of not, not being a cost center, but being a value driver and looking for ways to be a value driver are in the three characteristics that immediately jumped to mind. Mira, from your perspective, uh, would you add to those three? Uh, to, do you agree with them, I guess, on the spot? What would you add, if anything? So I, I agree with Basha, but I'll add just a little. I have a diff- slightly different perspective because as the product side, what I typically see uh, and my sort of direct experience, certainly over the past year or so, is working with our Scout Beta. And there, I think what has been interesting to me is the variety of different configurations and approaches that can be really successful in getting a major initiative over the line. I think common across those experiences has been one stakeholder willing to advocate for a project and really taking point 
on that project. That is something that that we've seen as a successful thread through, whether that is tech adoption of a certain kind of technology or a different kind of approach. I think one person with a very clear vision who is effective and builds relationships with colleagues can make a big difference. Awesome. And you mentioned Scout, and that's one of the question marks for me. I know it's in in beta because I saw that on the website. Um, Basha touched on it at the beginning. Tell me a bit more. What is Scout? If you think about Marketplace as the way for teams to find, hire, and manage legal talent outside of their network. And so it allows people to find what they're looking for from their existing group of suppliers. And again, do that sort of choice and navigation optimization function. And it's typically for the biggest teams with international benches and is a good way to get alignment. Cool. And the very last question, I'm curious how you came up with the name. Names are notoriously difficult to come up with for any business. Um, what does priori mean? And I know I've been saying it wrong all this, this episode, so hopefully correcting myself at the end. It's It comes from the Latin priori, which is you know, from what comes before. And the idea was meant to be that if you hire a lawyer a priori, before you have a problem, you can save time and money. Yeah, it's a name only a lawyer could love. Nice and <laughs> Fair enough. And did you have an alternative or was it fallback? We didn't you have know. an alternative. It was a very long time ago now. This <laughs> year, year it was a decade ago. Okay. It Fair was enough. a long time ago and we knew a lot less about the business and it was pre-pivot. And we set out to solve a problem, not like start a PC-backed technology company and then the two of those things ended up coming together. It was just different stakes. And so we liked the idea and people pronounce it wrong. People call us priority. It, great name. It served us very well. <laughs> yes. It's a great name. It's a conversation starter for sure. Thank you so much, both of you, for coming on the show. Uh, I'll make sure to link both of your LinkedIn profiles as well as um, Priori's website, which is P-R-I-O-R-I -I legal. Dot com the show notes um thank you so much so that's it for today i hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as i did recording it before you go if you like the show then i know you'll love the fringe legal newsletter full of interviews articles and reports to help legal innovators like yourself learn how to put ideas into practice and find success you can sign up for free at fringelegal.com the show was produced for Fringe Legal by Abhijat Sarasper. A special thanks to our guests. And if you enjoyed the conversation, you can help me out by giving this podcast a five-star review and click that follow or subscribe button on your favorite podcast player of choice. Until next time, stay well.